Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're this week in pop culture. My name is Arash. Where we're we're going to be talking about some Jared Leto, some Joker, some Spider-Man, maybe some Wonder Woman. But Carol Baskins and Tiger King? More on this right here on This Week in Pop Culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My name is Aras Sandia. With me always is the lovely crew. Here is Sammy Castillo. And with me always is the man with the mask, Mayhem himself, Mr. Michael Mayhem. Of course, this week we're a little shorthanded. Leslie is still on vacation. And uh, Michael has a bit of a family emergency that he needs to take care of. But, you know, we love you all, guys. We're here in spirit. Happy New Year for everyone who's made it. Um, happy New Year! Happy New Year! Yeah, happy New Year! <laughs> <laughs> Waiting for you to take that thing off. I Did you have a good? How you feeling, I'm Mr. Feeling Bacon? Better, Mr. Bacon uh, is a little under the weather. More. We'll 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 make this nice and gentle, just for just for mayhem on this lovely. <laughs> what are we talking this about? Is terrible. What <laughs> I'm on the wrong show. <laughs> on the wrong show to keep things nice and gentle. But just to keep these nice and gentle, we'll sort of anyway. We're gonna get a head start. We're gonna talk about Michael B. Jordan set to direct Apollo, um, the Creed, uh, three movie. Michael B. Jordan is taking over 2021 like there is nobody's business. Um, from being a producer for the upcoming Static Shock project to now direct Apollo Creed, uh, Creed three by him, uh, by himself. Yes, that's right. This is the first time Jordan will be the director, but this is not the first in the Rocky franchise. Stallone himself was not only directed four of the six Rocky films, he also won the Academy Award for Best Director for the 1978 Rocky. Uh, Mayhem, let's start with you. What do you think about Michael B. Jordan now fully now? the reins on being actor now going from actor producer and now director for the apollo for the uh, for the creed franchise i think it was inevitable uh we had sylvester do it from all of those rockies and what's the first creed why not you know michael b jordan's a great actor um and he's shown that i think he's a great producer so let him show his chops him and tessa i think will be a really good bring a really good creed three honestly and i look forward to seeing what happens i mean like i love the reiteration of creed through his family you know it's simple it's not too wishy-washy and it's it's relatable so i think it'd be really dope honestly it, it, you, you can't really say too much on it, man. Michael B. Jordan has been knocking it out in the park. Pelham Bay, Black Panther, Creed. Like, come on, give it to the man. Well, it, it kind of hurts him in a way when his, when his, actually, I say his sidekick, which is director for Black Panther, is not even going to be uh, directing this third movie. Do you think that'll hurt him in the long run? 
Not at all. I think you know what I think. Honestly, I think he's learned. I could be totally wrong. This movie right. could bomb, but I think I could be totally wrong. But uh, I think he's learned enough that way he can make a movie like Creed very simple and great. You know what I'm saying? Creed is at times layered, but it's a very simple, very good, and if you will, very American movie to make. So it's, let it fly. Let it. It's fly. a good. And and especially having a Philadelphia based as well too, which is any American that can it be, Sammy? Your thoughts on uh, Michael B taking those reins and now stepping in the now in the shadows or footsteps of Sylvester Stallone? I think honestly, he's got you know every Rocky film has a formula, and it's been oddly you know it's been successfully established since 1978 with the first one. So and. Honestly, it's probably the best film for him to step in as a director. He's done two of them already, one with Stallone um, in terms of directing. And Stallone's not going to just, you know, wash his hands and say, good luck, kid. He's going to be a producer, which means any Rocky film, Stallone's going to be on set every day as guidance and likely mentoring. So you're going to have a lot of Stallone's tutelage in how, uh, with Michael, to you know, tell a good story, and so we're not going to lose Stallone, but he's not going to be like the main director anymore, like he was in the past. So I think it's a really smart move for him to get you know his directing chops broken in um, on a franchise that's well established, that is successful, easy story to tell, while still being uh, impactful and gripping, and being you know. Um, another feather in his cap. So I think it's a, a smart move for him to do it on this as opposed to say like a superhero film or something like that. Uh, Cause that's going to be a lot more complex of a of storytelling director wise. Right. Yeah. And well, I guess we'll jump into the ne next subject. And that does talk about static shock, which is actually the, the current, actually I say the current project that's currently working on, but here's something I didn't think as well too. Well, it's good that Warner Warner Brothers and HBO are creating superhero exclusives for their channel, but I had no idea that Batgirl was on that list. It seems that Batgirl has been part of the plan since 2018, but with Marvel um, putting being steps ahead of uh, with being steps ahead with Disney Plus, uh, DC, who used to have the DC Universe at, uh, app, in which all their shows and movie contact has now gone to HBO Max. Where do you guys see, and, and now we're talking about, you know, back to Michael B. Jordan and the whole Static Shock thing. Okay. Do you think this is a new positive step, especially with Michael B. Jordan having a home for a franchise? And you also have now the, the included Batgirl story, which, I, I, shockingly, I didn't know that existed either. Mayhem, let's start with you since you're a big DC fan, though. You're, you're, you're huge for Static Shock, and you can't wait for this one. Okay, so with Batgirl, Batgirl was recently recasted, right? We all know that. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they do with her. And definitely, First off, wrong show. Batwoman was recasted. Batgirl's whatever. completely different. You're whatever. There's their champion. You're, sorry. No, whatever. All right, so then you're 100% right. But you're right, though. But you're right, though. No, but you're right, though. There was... Right. The yeah, so ever since... The reason... Okay, so, Bat, so Batwoman was recasted. So I was looking forward to seeing, like, what are they doing... With with female superheroes is where I'm going with that. So now Batgirl and Static Shock are coming next video. I'm like, okay, cool. Static Shock. We are we cannot wait because with Static Shock, if they do it right, they can open so much avenues. They can do so many stories, and honestly, it will be probably the biggest hit in a long time. 
I'm a little, I don't know, I'm a little conflicted. I, I'm scared because I, I think they're going to ruin it. I think they're going to ruin it. I think whoever grabs it is going to ruin it. I think it's a great way to just open up female superheroes as well as bring a more black conscious superhero and just everything that goes into it, into the big screen, whether it be they decide to do movies after it or a fellow series after that. I think it'd be great, but I think I think it's going to fail. I don't have faith. Uh, where's Bergie when you need me? Where's Bergie when you need you? Because like, uh, I, I, I don't have faith. I'm sorry. Right. Uh, Sammy, your thoughts on the Batgirl static shock? You know. Well, I actually have faith because HBO Max is going to be quite involved in any HBO <laughs> exclusives. And they are, uh, their storytelling and their production values, I would imagine, or rather in my experience and opinion, are almost, if not equal to, um, you know, mm -hmm. Marvel in the way that they write a story promote it, you know, direct it and continue on. Um, they've won so many Emmys, it's stupid. Um, so I think you're gonna see HBO having a very heavy hand in the exclusive content. And it's not gonna be solely Warner Brothers and, you know, Warner Brothers production company handling it. It's just gonna be Warner Brothers name on it with HBO producing it. Uh, so I'm not going to, I, I'm I'm hopeful about this because it's a completely different production company making it. And, you know, Michael B. Jordan's going to be a um, uh, a producer for Static Shock. So I'm excited about that because it's really going to open. I feel like Michael B. Jordan stepping up and, and opening up a producer role for the African-American community, I think is going to, is going to open the door for us to see much more diversity you know, in um, in our superhero films as opposed to just being whitewashed uh, like we've had for the last 30 plus years. So, and a lot of those stories are awesome and I can't wait to see them. In terms of Batgirl, um, I have not heard anything about it. Uh, and I'm interested to see what they're gonna do uh, with Barbara Gordon because there are, if, if she's even gonna be Batgirl, which if she's not, I think people are gonna riot, but what version of Barbara Gordon are we gonna get? Are we going to get the kid? Are we going to get, you know, um, uh, Oracle, you know, right. or are we going to well, get the, the following one with the sewn up face, uh, which I forget her name. <laughs> I, I but, but if we get, but we do, if we get Oracle, that means Joker has got to go and shoot her. And that becomes another storyline as well. Too. Yeah, they could throw in pieces of the killing joke. I think that'd be pretty interesting. They're not going to do that. Not in the first one, but not in the first one. All right, this is this is for both of you. With with the addition of Titans already happening and everything, could you see this be a a I guess an additional storyline to what the Titans storyline is already happening right now? Could this be parallel? Because don't forget, this is going to be a standalone movie. Could this be parallel to Titans? Mayhem, let's start with you since you seem to be thinking very hard about it. The gerbil's sick. Think... It's trying to run in the wheel. You know, <laughs> no, I don't. Think so. I, I it's don't hard. Think, I mean, I don't think so. I, if anything, they'll. DC, I don't know, unless unless they can see that Marvel does it good, or maybe they can beat Marvel to doing that. I don't think they'll tie it together. Um, Titans is doing its own thing. I don't see it relating, honestly. I really don't. I wish they, if we're lucky, we might make we might have it make mention, but actually, I think they'll make mention of a future movie. They'll make mention of a future movie that's coming out to promote mm. that movie. But aside from that, I don't think it will cross paths. It could. I don't think it will. So you just to introduce the character, put her on Titans for like half a season, 
bring in a villain, and then boom, let's shoot off. You know because what? this seems like, and I, I think Sammy can answer this one too. Does yeah. this seem like at the time, because this being listed for 2016, was this on the jump on the bandwagon of of jumping on more, uh, I guess, women relatable comic book characters? Sammy, go ahead. Absolutely. Um, you know, 2016 was the you know the year that the Me Too movement, Me Too movement, and the next wave of feminism, we'll say, uh, kind of reigned through Hollywood. So they, you know, that's when they remade, you know, Ocean's Eleven with all women. They made Ghostbusters with all women. They took all male cast, you know, properties and then put women in in it, you know, because. Uh, at the end of the day, it's it's money, you know, right. and the world was clamoring for stronger female, you know, role models and things of that. And that's what Hollywood wanted to give them. Um, and I 100 percent agree that that was sort of uh, a, a play to what society wanted at the time. Um, why it didn't go forward, I have no idea. Um, but I think I don't think it's going to tie in Warner Brothers and DC Properties pardon my language, do a crap job of uh, tying their properties together, as we all know. So, um, you know, especially with, you you know, with TV and film, they're mm -hmm. very different. Uh, they're two separate entities. I mean, minus, you know, Ezra Miller or Ezra Miller. <laughs> yeah. Ezra uh, being in... Um, uh, for Flash. A second, being in Flash. That's the only after like how many years? That's the only movie touch to the TV show. Um, so I don't see it. I see it being separate. And like I, you know, maybe they'll tie it to um, a future Batgirl film or even maybe another film that they'll see. But DC is not. Uh, they're very uh, segmented in their film process. So I really don't. I don't really see them tying Batgirl into anything except maybe a future Batman film. Um, mm. but Which we're still waiting on. God, man, yeah. you got thoughts. No, I was just going to say that, you know, I agree with Sam, man. They do a horrible crap job of, like, linking the two together. So I don't think that's going to happen. Um, Should know, because you constantly, every time we see a DC movie, you and I go through, especially on your show, hours and hours on end of why this was so bad. And, you know... <laughs> <laughs> so like here's hoping that under the new direction that they get they get it together and they're like you know what we jumped on the bandwagon we can continue it ourselves and make it really good we can make batgirl a really good story let's let's use batgirl in this one instance right um so then with that there lies in a problem how do you how you propose batgirl in what universe right is it going to be the Snyder universe? Hopefully not. Let it go. Let it go. Please let it go. Will it be in like the regular new DC reform universe? Will it be after like maybe a crisis event happened, a multiverse, whatever? Well, let's talk about that then. Because then you can't really bring Batgirl into the fray without touching upon Batboy, a.k.a. Robin, or Batman. So then how do right. you do that without saying the same story all over again? You know? So. Right. Hopefully with the new direction, they're able to kill, like, okay, they're there, but you'll see them another time. We'll give them another story, and we'll also include Batgirl with it. I think that's Warner Brothers' main problem is the fact that they've got, you know, they've got almost 100 years' worth of comic books and stories, and they're, you know, they give it to a director, and the director's like, well, I'm going to take a bit of this and a bit of that and a bit of this and a bit of that and push it together. The you director know? goes like this. Batgirl, you're going to get. You're like, look, I'm like, but, you know, 
they need they need like they have no blueprint. You know, the reason Marvel films and Marvel Studios is so successful is because they have a blueprint. They have a universe and yeah. all of their films tie together. It's what we love about it. Um, but Warner okay. Brothers doesn't have that. They okay. hand they basically hand something to the director and then they're like, there you go. What kind of Batman do you want to do? What Batman do you want to do? And they're like um, Chris Nolan's, you know, I mean. Chris Nolan basically just took the characters and made his own thing. They weren't based really on any on any comics. I mean, here and there he took snippets of this and snippets of that, but ultimately it wasn't a comic story. It was Chris Nolan doing Batman. So, and that's what most directors are. That's what Warner Brothers has let directors do instead of having like a, their Kevin Feige say, "Okay, this is the direction we're going for the film." Hopefully the new, you know, head will give more direction, um, you know, will steer the ship a bit better uh, than the uh, codgers of, of old sitting on the board, you know, who talk out of the bottom of their jaws and go, oh, yes, this is the Batman from Hard. The blips were like, yes, yes, yes. Oh, and meanwhile, in the past, what, since the 1989 to like right now, we've gone through how many Batmans and how many different sequences of Batman where it makes no continuity, no sense. And the only Batman that we like so far was the Christopher Nolan one at the end. I like the, the first one, not the end. Well, you know. In a way, if Michael Keaton did it, like if you had Michael like Keaton Michael to do Keaton all three franchises, then Chris Nolan, then then uh, laryngitis uh, Christian Bale. Good man. I gotta I gotta agree with Sammy on that one because I was feeling the voice change until he did it with Terminator. <laughs> Where are my parents? <laughs> <laughs> you know, what's his angry Where? voice? <laughs> That's true. Where is he? And where's my where's my yeah exactly where's my father? <laughs> you know whatever. I so mean, like where's Kyle Reese? Kyle Reese. Where's Kyle Reese? Put a put a voice modulator on at that point. You know, like if he's gonna have it, like don't make him do the stupid voice. You know, you know put a voice modulator on the Kyle Reese right. thing. All right, I before think... change subject, real quick. Uh, -huh. uh, who's your favorite Batman? Who's your favorite Bruce Wayne? Mayhem, go first. One of each, and then Sammy, one of each, and then we'll continue on. Ooh, tough. Oh, my God. This is the worst one All right, ever. I'll go first. All right. Yeah, go okay, ahead. Okay, yeah, Sammy. I like one of his songs. Okay. Yes, so, Sammy. I'm going to even further segment the Batmans and Bruce Waynes, because um, visually speaking, my favorite visual Batman was... Uh -huh actually Ben Affleck's because he looked exactly what well, he looked exactly like Frank Miller's Batman. And okay. that is awesome. Um, I did not like him as Batman or Bruce Wayne. Um, okay. I like, uh, I loved how Michael Keaton acted as Batman and I actually really liked him as Bruce Wayne, but he visually didn't look like Bruce Wayne. Um, mm -hmm. but I did like Christian Bale visually for Bruce Wayne. So okay, lot to go by, lot so to go by. Acting, okay. acting, okay, acting as Bruce Wayne. You picked Val. I mean, you picked Michael I Keaton. No one picks. Val I don't start. <laughs> go ahead, man. Let's go. Let's go. Um, can I pick Robert Patterson? <laughs> can I pick him? Yes, yeah, so, so you can pick Robert Patterson. I will. I'm vengeance. Uh, I, I'm gonna have to go with the Batman that we have. I think I like Ben Affleck's Batman. Honestly, you look at the scenes or whatever. 
Uh, we're gonna take out Justice League because him being a comic relief doesn't work at all. Um, I didn't like him as Bruce Wayne at all because he made no sense. He's a great detective. He made no sense. People call about, oh, how he killed people in the beginning. That was 1940s Batman. He was killing people, quote, unquote. They were falling to the death. He wasn't doing anything about it. So, okay, I'll let that slide. As far as Bruce Wayne goes, out of all the Batman we've had currently, I'm going with Chris Nolan, the second one, the second movie Batman, honestly. Um, don't get me wrong. Val Kimmer, we don't speak about. Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton had his role, but, you know, it was dated. It was dated for me. That was it. I can't grow with that Batman. Any other Batman? Eh, ben Affleck's Batman. Bruce Wayne particularly made no sense. He was angry yeah. at an alien because maybe the alien might do something, even though the alien spent all his time saving us from three aliens before like him. You know, it, it didn't make I, any sense. I will, I will Martha! say. I, I will say, though, that Batman has always been xenophobic toward Superman. It's just, it was in the comics and the cartoons, you know, the Bruce Timm's Justice League, it, mm -hmm. he had reason and it was written well as to why he had this reason. Right. But, yes. but in Batman versus Superman, it was not well written. It was like, there it is. He hates Superman and you have to accept it. You know, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. All right, we're going to move on because we're going to talk about the box office draw, sort of, or couch office draws, whatever one you guys want to talk about. On the latest superhero movies, we're only going to, I'm only going to list the DC and Marvel movies. The DC list is kind of short for this year alone. The movie is a lot longer. But we all know Justice League is coming out. The Snyder Cut is coming out in March. We don't know the exact date. We have Morbius coming out March 19th. We'll finally probably get to see Black Widow after two date changes. That's coming out on May 17th. We have oh, Venom, Let There Be Carnage on June 25th. Shang-Chi, yes, uh, comes out on July 19th. We also have Suicide Squad uh, coming out August 6th. Eternals on November 5th. And hopefully, 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 as, as Mayhem and I have discussed many times, Spider-Man, whatever title they discuss, three coming out December seventeenth, two thousand and twenty-one. Now, out of the list that we have just discussed, there's some scary touches, I'd say, on yeah. DC's part. Uh, but we also have excitement because, especially with Marvel and Sony deal, us getting two Sony movies prior to the Spider-Man three movie. Um, let's say I'm going to start with you. Out of the list, what movie are you more excited to see? Hmm. Um, it's a tough choice. Uh, I'm tired. Wait, what? What is that for? There's only one thing to be excited for. Spider-Man 3. Spider-Man, whatever well, movie. one of my choices. But That's I'm not, not solely brainwashed by the web. So I am looking you know, for watch by the web. Live with the it's web. This web. the web. Become <laughs> Madam Web. That's you know all. what? Just for that, I'm super excited for the Snyder Cut. So there. Goodbye. Top one. Goodbye. Goodbye. It's gonna be over. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm actually, and the only reason I'm excited, I mean, I'm stoked for for Spider Man. Super right. stoked. Um, and I can't wait to see what you know what's gonna happen with it. Um. 
you know, uh, but I'm, I'm the only reason I'm super excited about Morbius is because I loved reading the comic, but it's also a very different type of storytelling from, you know, you know, regular Marvel superhero movies. So I'm really excited to see what they're going to do with it um, to, to make it, you know, cool because you've got Marvel studios after 10 years of refining a genre, you now have, you know, Morbius, which is kind of an anti-hero. So I'm really excited to see what they're going to do with it and how well they, you know, execute that. But definitely super excited for Spider-Man. Yeah. Go ahead, Mayhem. Let it let us in. We already right. know. Listen. Because we know what it is. Because the next week when we find out more news about Spider-Man, this is all it's going to be. That's all good. <laughs> Wonder Woman 1984 aside. <laughs> about this know, year. Like, already, I know, that. I know. So Wonder Woman 1984 aside, and what I'm talking about is the horrible disappointment that was. And Wonder Woman 3, which will not come out in the same year, I am excited for. That's right, I stuck it in there. I'm excited for Spider-Man 3. Listen, listen, Snyder Cut is not gonna do anything except tell you how bad of a director, producer, whatever this man is, because you know what? He had one good movie, and that was it. Everybody was like, oh, he's really great. He's messed up everything else. He's messed up everything else. Okay. But let's just say it does. I don't care for it. Whatever. Morbius, I will agree. Sammy, I'm looking forward to that. Can we talk about Widow? Black Widow? People may not care about her, but I'm looking for how it sets up everything else in the universe. So I'm looking forward to the end credits, the end credits scene, maybe some Easter eggs in between there of... Venom 2? Carnage? Woody Harrelson? Come on. Yes. Come yeah. on. Come on. It'll be, it'll be in. Yet again. Right. I know Ash wants to speak, but let me tell you something about Spider-Man 3, okay? <laughs> you can't watch this show and not watch Spider-Man 3. It is an insult to me. Bergy, I'm putting Bergy on this and let Bergy on blast. Bergy's on blast. <laughs> okay. <laughs> insult to all three of us. Sally might let you slide. I'm sorry. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> so there we go. We got more. It's pretty much we're, we're pretty much calling. We're all looking forward to the, whatever Sony projects are going on because we know what Marvel's going through, but then we don't know what Sony's going to go through. And we've seen this before, especially with the Amazing Spider-Man. As we said time and time again, after that debauchery of the Amazing Spider-Man too, and everyone going, "How did you mess this up by giving us a metal rhino?" <laughs> <laughs> I know. I still uh... want to see it though. You'd actually see you'd actually see Metal Rhino? I would I would love to see Metal Rhino. If they had a really good reason why, like it could be an exoskeleton suit, which makes sense why he has so much muscle and strength. You know what I'm saying? And then something happens, boom, then it becomes an actual I built mean, rhino. You know, you could make you could say that about any character as long as it's written well. I mean, look at Iron Man. Before the actual film of Iron Man, he was a drunken, you know, wife beater who was a throwaway B-list character. But it got good acting, good story, you know, a good script and a good director that took it seriously and made it what the fan wanted. So you could, you know, honestly, any character that's not the typical, you know, main title character, I'm excited for. Uh, and to answer the question, where is he? Uh, Bergie uh, uh, literally had to work a little late at work. So he'll be back next week. Don't worry about it, guys. Speaking of more fun stuff and actually speaking about you with Morbius. Apparently, Jared Little wants the release of uh, wants the release of the uh, Iyer cut, which is pretty much 
I don't know why we even should even discuss this. That's the Suicide Squad movie. Jared Leto wants another crack at the Joker. He has stated that okay. ownership of the studio meddled with Suicide Squad. Little also stated that his movie was ripped into pieces and he took the hits like a champ when mm. the studio cut hit the streets. Um, at this rate, I don't even know. Should we even should we even think about uh, like yes. a, a different version of the yes. uh, Suicide yes. Squad? I mean, yeah. look, the damage is already done. You know, so, DC's just trying to fix it. So. Uh, original, yeah. the Ayer cut or Ayer cut or however you say his name, um, was actually a super serious sort of art house film. Um, mm -hmm. and the preview did the original trailer did not match it. Um, and so people were going in expecting this, you know, superhero kind of romp and they got a super serious sinister art house film and it tested like crap. So what Warner Brothers did was they uh, commissioned or had the um, production company that edits all of their um, movie trailers to edit the film, which is why it kind of plays like a super long trailer because the trailer was pieced together and that's what people wanted. Then after that, they held it because Deadpool came out. And Deadpool tested amazing and he was dark and funny and sinister and was super successful. So Warner Brothers then said, well, we got to write some funny scenes. So then they went back in and did pickups and humorous quips back and forth with the characters and then re-edited it. So the original film to the one that we saw has been edited three times. And uh, Leto was right. There was heavy, heavy, heavy handedness with the... Um, with the storytelling and uh, recuts with Warner Brothers. So you had a bunch of board members basically making the Suicide Squad that we saw, which is why it felt kind of weird and disjointed at times. So I'm actually, I'd like to see what Ayer did, you know, um, I, I'm because it's gonna be such a completely different film than what we saw, you know, I mean, there's even scenes in the trailers that don't even show up in the actual film. You know, right, like yeah. they completely cut out uh, the Asian chick. What's her name? Katana. They completely yeah. cut her character out. She had huge scenes in the original cut from what they said. So I would actually like to see what Ayer, what Ayer actually had in mind. Okay. So you like to see if it was the violent and aspect that Jared Leto has said time and time again yeah. of how violent his character was yeah. to the point where it was Warner Brothers making that push that once they saw Deadpool... They're going, we're going to lose to this instead of fighting their own version right. and fighting against Deadpool. Like, you don't need, they didn't need comedy for this. This is DC. DC always had that dark, gritty story. Yeah. I never saw it as a humor movie. Uh, but but that's, yeah, that's what they tried to do. That's why that whole bar scene yeah. that they had was never in the original cut. That was all pickup shots. That makes sense because I, because I could just see them just like not going through. Yeah. God, ma'am, would you like to see the Ayer cut? Yeah, I'd like to see it. And also, I think we should give Jared Leto another chance, man. I mean, remember Chris? Chris Hemsworth? Remember Thor? First two yeah. movies, trash. I'm sorry, they were trash. I mean, <laughs> all right, maybe they were okay. 
to, you know what I'm saying? But then he got better. And then especially when they allowed him to be himself and kind of migrate that into the character, Ragnarok, and everything else worked really well. So why not do that? Give yeah. Jared another chance. Let's release the cut. Let's see if the cut's any good. I don't really care for the cuts, but let's at least see it. And then give Jared a chance to actually grow with the character. He might be the character that is very much well accepted after he's portrayal of the Joker. You understand? There, there are supposedly three different types of Jokers in the DC film now. DC Universe, excuse me, not DC film. DC Universe. So he can be one of the ones that we want and we want to kind of like stand for. I'd say go ahead with it, for sure. Alright, well... You said you said something that actually caught my interest. Well, you said Chris Helmsworth was terrible in the first two movies. And do we forget that Chris Helmsworth opened up that door after doing Ghostbusters? People forget that Ghostbusters was done way before Ragnarok was even made. Do you feel that do you feel that with um with Helmsworth having the open door to be comedic in Ghostbusters that helped them with Ragnarok? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, for sure. I mean, yeah, he filmed with Four, four or five comedic legend, you know, com super popular comedic women. Right. So, and I mean, Chris is awesome. He's not the sharpest tool in the shed, and yep. he's pretty. But you know, I'm sure there's a lot of education that went on and acting lessons that went on before you know he uh, he stepped foot on set. <laughs> oh my god! Speaking speaking more on Jack. I mean, not you got a, it. Thanks. We ruined my segment. Everything. You got the sharpest penalty, Bond. Right. <laughs> uh, well, with uh, Jer uh, well, with Jared Leto actually is reprising the Joker role. Uh, the uh, Jared Leto will be returning to collaborate one more time with Zack Snyder to reprise his role in the Snyder Cut for Justice League, teasing that both uh, they have lots up their sleeves and soon to be added, uh, seem to be the completed Snyder Cut, which recruited uh, Leto other DC film stars for a brief round of additional photography late last year. Uh, Leto returned to the Joker role for the first time since Suicide Squad in 2016, but Leto's Joker will have a new look for the Justice League movie. Um, if I remember correctly, um, the same look and voice and everything that was for the uh, for Suicide Squad was supposed to be in Justice League. And yet again, another huge major cut that those scenes with Batman were the first things cut. Right. Um, if Jared Leto isn't have that gangster beat look, what other Joker looks would you like to see coming out? Mayhem, let's go with you first. So he could be like the old school where he could kind of still be gangster, but has like the top hat, the purple hat, the purple suit or something like that, where he's a little bit more mysterious. I think that would work perfectly. I think that would work perfectly versus whatever that was in Suicide Squad. Like, just let it go. Jared Leto, please, if you hear me, come more polished and don't look like you're trying to fit in a rap video or like whatever music <laughs> video, you know, like, your name is Lil Joker, Lil Uzi Vert. You know, like, <laughs> just, just look like a gangster with simple on the clown. And it works because there's so many, there's so many standalone DC looks in the DC universe that you can pick up a comic and be like, that is Joker. And you don't have to look like you did in Suicide Squad. So whichever one he does, I preferably want to see the man in purple. Bring back the purple suit and maybe have a really good interpretation of it after, like, towards the end of the movie. You understand? So would you like to see like a killing joke version look in a way? Leave the killing joke out of this. 
Leave the sure. killing because you know what? Because because the killing joke came out and they animated and everybody was upset about it, especially when uh, what was it? Batman and, and Batgirl uh, were kicking boots or whatever because that was a part of the original story. I think that's going to open way too much. And DC right now is playing on thin ice. You right. know what I'm saying? So like, leave that alone. But maybe the look, maybe I don't want to. I don't want to mess around with it, honestly. Sammy, no what what version of the Joker, especially many times before, which you've seen, what mm -hmm. version would you like to see Jared Leto portray in Justice League? Or do you um, think go out of the way and just create something new out of Joker? So I think um, I didn't. So when I first saw the gangsta Joker, like in films, um, I thought it was awful and uh, it was really terrible. But putting him in that film, I think it fit for the film, whether I like it or not. And I really, I actually enjoyed how he played the Joker. He, you know, it reminded me of what we saw in the, you know, animated series. Um, but that aside, um, I think they're going to put Joker in during the like post the apocalyptic scenes, you know, after, you know, dark side comes down and trashes, you know, the planet. Like, I think he's going to be like, you know, I think we're going to see like post-apocalyptic Joker, which would be awesome because he's crazy enough to have survived that sort of invasion. Um, so I want to see something like that. I mean, we have our tried and true, you know, and they keep regurgitating Joker and they keep regurgitating Joker, you know, and he's always nice. He's always super clean with the fedora or the thing. And we've had all of that already. I want to see something new. I want post-apocalyptic Joker. Okay, okay, so you want to see you want to see Joker wanna, on like a cliff or whatever with yeah. the bazooka taking yeah. out other enemies that because too. that's what I want. Dark side coming in with the flyy things that look like weird skull things, whatever they're called. Parademons. Yeah. I mean, and then like look. the Joker and the you know the Joker club behind him, you know, like ready to kick ass and take names. Like that's yeah. what I want to see. That's a Joker we've never seen before. And I think that'd be I think that'd be really awesome. Okay. Yeah. All right. And, and Leslie, who isn't here to join us today, she commented with saying 1960s Batman Joker. <laughs> Given a little Cesar Romeo background as well, too. Actually, we kind of got that with Jack Nicholson. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we kind of did get. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> Into something that I didn't see coming, and especially watch if you were if you were one of those people that watched the ball drop, you took the time to watch TV. If you weren't watching Channel Seven, but you managed to turn on CNN, apparently Carol Baskin was a guest on the Anderson. <laughs> well, well, down the rabbit hole we go, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> well, Tiger oh, Cave. Right. Uh, welcome to 2021. Uh, Carol Baskins with her husband Howard stopped by Anderson, Anderson Cooper and Andy Cohen New Year's show on CNN. A plot twist that Cohen pulled off during the uh, New Year's Eve show. Baskins stated that Kate McKenna, who will be playing her for an upcoming TV show, has not reached out to her and really hopes she does before she gets too far down the line with it. Hmm. I'd love to know what her take is on it and what she's thinking on doing and see if there is a way to advise her. I'm pretty sure Kate has it covered. We know, we know, um, all you know, 
all you need to learn about Carol Baskins is just go look at all her crazy YouTube videos, guys. I mean, Kate McKenna's a pro. Does she really need to go talk to, you know, especially that crazy line that she was hoping to get to her before she goes down that line? Uh, let's take that statement, for instance. Mayhem, what do you really think uh, there's something else going on now because with that little statement on New Year's? Listen, listen. 2020 was a horrible year. It was just really bad. But we all agreed on one thing. She killed her husband. She whacked him, okay? Carol Baskin, okay? <laughs> it was Carol Baskin. Joker um, style, whacked him. <laughs> you know, uh, what, what was the, what's the, what's the Tiger's favorite ice cream? Carol Baskin and Robbins, you know? So, like, <laughs> I mean, the fact that she made it on TV, I, listen, I don't, what, why do we have, why do we, why are we still talking about her? Why is she still a thing? What has she contributed to society except murder? Okay, like what has she done? Fish exactly. Oil. Huh? Fish oil on her husband's clothes? I don't know. I don't Fish know. Oil. Listen, listen. Carol Baskins needs to go. I don't know why she appeared on CNN's New York News show. It's yes, yes, Leslie, you're right. We give this woman way too much attention. Whatever, whatever. Next, if they make a comic about her. I will be blown out my mind that she made it that far. I I I don't know. <laughs> right, um, Sammy. Now with her latest line, especially live on TV this time, you really think she did it? Absolutely. When she well, you know, they brought up a question. Uh, now I didn't see it live, but I did watch like re replay of it, and he brought up something like. Um, what are you most notorious for? And <laughs> she did not did defend not. the fact that she did not murder her husband, you know, like because she said something <laughs> about her crazy cats or whatever, and then started insulting Cardi B, who used digital cats in her, you know, whack video. So, uh, you know, um, uh, but you know, it like she didn't deny it and. She did. She yeah. did. No, she did we're it. gonna we're gonna we're gonna make this joke, Jay, but we're gonna milk this. No, 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 because we all know Carol Baskins killed her husband. Let's get it down the line. And Andy Cohen, if you watch that segment, oh my god, drops an egg like there's no tomorrow. You really murdered that interview. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice, very nice. He deserves one of those news awards just for that. Yes. Just for that. <laughs> should, we should all go. Well, Sammy isn't here. Mayhem and I will go to a Andy Cohen's studio and give him an award. So we'll right. stop by there very shortly. Right. Uh, speaking of someone who's going to murder their role for the next coming movie, and yes, we're going to go back to some more Jared Leto. Jared Leto seems to be more excited about playing Morbius. He stated that it's a Jekyll and Hyde story that's a big and fun and sometimes a little scary, which is different from that genre. Uh, this is the character that has a lot of conflict in his life. He is a guy born with a horrible disease and is really a gifted person. Morbius is a young boy who is very cur um, curious and uh, courageous and loves science and medicine and has decided to dedicate his life to finding a cure for his disease. There is a dark side. His character battles between the light and the dark, and it's something he fights through throughout the film. Ladies and gentlemen, as as excited I'm going to be, and I think Sammy's mentioned as well too. I'm I'm excited for Morbius. I mean, 
I'm excited the fact that he's into the character. I'm excited to see how this is going to go to the next storyline if they actually do this, especially with you screaming Spider-Man 3 or Into the Spider-Verse. Uh, Mayhem, let's go with you. More uh, Jared Leto on Morbius. Okay. So, for thanks, Bob. So, with Morbius, I feel like Jared Leto would be a lot better because, you know, you're following the act of Heath Ledger. I don't care what anybody says. Like, whenever we think of the Joker, we think of Heath Ledger's performance. Uh, some people may think Joaquin Phoenix's performance was better. Some people be diehard fans of Jack Nicholson, whichever. Heath Ledger, I think, is the, the act to kind of, like, either beat, surpass, or meet. I think as he works on Morbius now, uh, he'll be a lot more comfortable. He'll be able to grow a character. He doesn't have to worry about those stipu- those stipulations. And it'd be great to see Morbius, who's, like he said, is a Jekyll and Hyde kind of character, so that we can kind of get to fall in love and be heartbroken by this character now. So now he can put, like, his acting chops there. And I really feel like he's going to knock it out the park with this role. With the Joker scene, yeah, I'm hopeful. You know, it's like there. But, but I think with Morbius, I think this is this is it. I think this right. is, he's going to kill it. And I think everybody else feels the same way because, once again, it's he's not dealing with that big – well, Heath Ledger did this, and Joaquin Phoenix did this, and they're greater actors. What are you going to do? It's like, okay, well, how are you going to bring this A, actually see this character to screen and make him relatable and make us love it? Right. And I think that's a lot easier. Well, they're right. also not, he's also not shouldering a legacy of decades of films, you know, uh, with an iconic character. You know, he he's establishing the character and, and the benchmark of how this character is going to be played. So he is the only voice um, that everybody is going to use as a benchmark from here on out. Um, I like the fact that it's a different character that we've never seen. You know, we've never it's never even been mentioned or hinted upon. Um, it's a well enough you know, known character that it, he can carry his own film without forcing too much because he had his own comic. So mm. I'm I'm really excited about it. I can't wait to see what they do, you know? Yeah. Um, as you said before, as, as both of you had mentioned. His, his question. <laughs> no, no, that was perfect. <laughs> um, no, because that's... Uh, but to piggyback off even Mayhem, and he's right and everything because of the fact that it's not Joker. We haven't gone through the Cesar Mayo, Jack Nicholson, to Heath Ledger, to Joaquin Phoenix, and now to Jared Leto, we have now one Morbius, and the only other Morbius we've seen is on the Spider-Man cartoon series. So that's not much of a that's not much of a bar to go over. No, it's really not much. <laughs> so actually, there is there is a bar, and uh, most people, even in voiceover acting, have actually used Mark Hamill when it came to voicing even Joker. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. When Jack Nicholson came on, he literally looked at Cesar Mayo as an influence of what he's done as the Joker right. character. Jared Leto doesn't have anything. As you said, it's fresh. Yeah. He gets to put his stamp and what he's going to do first yeah. compared to what other people have done to a twist and mold a character in their own shape or, or um, in their own way, we'll say. Yeah, well, I mean, he's not having to compete and copy, you know, like if he did something close to jo- what, you know, Heath Ledger did with the character, it's like, oh, you're copycatting, you know, right, if right. He went more toward the, you know, say Mark Hamill, oh, you're copycatting. So, you know, he's he's dodging all of these landmines, so to speak, to try and find his Joker's voice um, while still trying to be, at, you know, in the box of what fans want. And that doesn't work with that sort of a lineage. Well, um 
what's the what's the tagline? It's good art uh, copies, great art steals in a sense. You know what I'm saying? So it's only a matter of time where people are still going to be like, you still copied from X, Y, Z when he goes back to Joker. But like you said, and I, I'm going to let you finish with Morbius. It's his own stamp. He gets to do it all. Like, just like you said, like, it is boom. It is all me. Unless, of course, he makes a mistake and somehow, I don't know, makes somebody's acting career from some other movie. And he's just like, <laughs> but it was just a little part of Thor I added. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's okay. a character for Jared Leto as well. You know, he is he is much more of a dramatic actor. I mean, when, you know, he played um, the serial killer. Uh, Ed Kemper, I believe it was, Mm -hmm. um, you know, that was, he was phenomenal. Um, so I I think this, again, I think he's always been more of a dark broody character rather than a crazy over the top kind of character uh, uh, in terms of acting. So I, I'm, I'm excited to, you know, see his dark broody, um, with, with Morbius. I'm trying to remember, has he ever played a vampire in a movie? I don't remember. Has he ever played a? I feel like he has played a vampire, but not for a long enough time. Let's IMDb it and find out. <laughs> right? No, let's have the fans discuss and everything too. Does anyone remember if Jared Little has actually played a vampire or not? Let us know now, as because we're going to continue on to the next uh, topic. Uh, actually, Leslie says he chameleon, uh, chameleon. He's going to slay uh, Morbius. Okay. Anywho, while we figure that part out when it comes to has Jared Leto played a vampire or not, uh, back to some more. This is the pursuit of the pardon. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, more Tiger King for you guys. The days are ticking away. The country will soon have a new president to lead this great nation. An exact joke still looking for high hopes to be pardoned. Uh, the Tiger King is hoping that his current president, that the current president, President Trump, will pardon him in the next few days. Uh, Joe Exotic and his legal team uh, have done quite a bit to get the pardon consideration from Trump. And according to the latest development, it seems that they succeeded in getting in front of the president. Uh, Whether he will ultimately uh, pardon him will remain to be seen, but they are going to give it their best shot. Uh, Mayhem, let's start with you. Do you really... You know... It'd be interesting to see if we're going to spend time on the news just based on Joe Exotic, but you feel like the president's going to waste any more time just to pardon him on these latest developments or no? No, but can DC get their Justice League movie banned from the president as well? Because I'm just like, I'm tired of it. It's just this trash movie. Can we get it banned? Is that a thing that can happen? I think that's more important. Um, (laughs) Tiger King, look. If he does get pardoned, then this is only going to fuel his his uh his whole band, his whole excuse me his brand further, and then we'll see where it goes. Because I I don't know, like if he does get pardoned, I I I think he'll make a commercial visit. I'll we'll see him in commercials or what more commercials, and it's just like uh whatever, whatever, whatever. This man is worried about votes. I want, the, <laughs> I would like the president to talk crap. About Justice League, that would be awesome, <laughs> right? Whichever one, whichever one, just let him. That would be awesome. <laughs> Sammy, I mean, look, we're going to keep Joe's going to keep dancing. He's praying to every single known religious figure known to man to get his pardon. 
Do you really think that it's ever, ever, ever going to happen in the next few days? Well, um, you know, in order to get a pardon, it has to have a reason uh, why he needs to be pardoned. Um, like, you know, um, so, I mean, this has been a very strange year and a very strange presidency. So, um, you know, uh, who knows? But, you know, normally you need a reason to be pardoned and either you gave back or, you know, you knew evidence was, you know, shown or whatever. Um, and as of yet, we have yet to see any of that. Um, you know, you've got people that were in prison that acted as informants that saved, you know, um, you know, hundreds of thousands of lives and that person got pardoned. So to my knowledge, Joe Exotic has never done anything like that. So. Well, technically the only thing he sold is a pair of underwear with his face on it. And the plane coming in is going to also bear his face on the plane as well too while while flying to Washington DC. I mean look, if you live in the DC area and you take a picture and you're by the airport, please take a picture of the plane. I want to see how ridiculous that plane looks. Oh my god. <laughs> what? Please no. Please no. Just <laughs> just for mayhem's sake, post the photo on his page. Just go to his Instagram and tag him and pure Pure mayhem. That's right. <laughs> Just tag him as pure mayhem. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, speaking of more exciting news and everything, especially for the gentleman right below us, uh, Sony has given us more during this holiday, as they have a picture on their Twitter account. But not just any picture, but a picture of Spider-Man two ninety nine. No further details yet, but was just the post. But let alone. The, the sequel to Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse comes out October 7th of 2022. Um, same goes with you. What does this all mean? I mean, look, now they posted Spider-Man 299. Do you see the original animated cast returning or you just see a different storyline where it's Spider-Man, uh, I guess Miles Morales and Spider-Man 299? Well, they've already, at the end of the original, they've already insinuated, you know, um, what, you know, all the various other Spider-Mans, uh, you know, uh, so I think it's going to be a combo of, you know, 2099 and then what we saw. I mean, 2099 was awesome. And to have it animated in the same style as, um, as the, you know, the original Spider-Verse is going to be mind-blowing. Uh, every single still uh, was a masterpiece and the layers upon layers of compositing and artistic things that they did in that film. Every time I watch it, I find something new and uh, visually that they've done. And it's a, like it's a solid, solid creation. So, you know, to have that involved with 2099, um, you know, I, I would I would. I would love to see that. I think it's, I think, you know, it could be just 2099, but it's supposed to be a sequel. And, you know, so typically it would be, you know, Miles will be involved in it in some form or fashion. In what way, I don't know, but we'll see. There you hmm. go. Mayhem. So 299. I, 2099, you know, we definitely took a look at the pictures. The, I think the pictures were kind of still shots from like the ending of the movie for when he's going back. 
But I think this the picture so far is just to remind us that it's coming to kind of build up the hype. Now, yeah. since we're talking about the sequel, um, like Sammy said, you know, it's gonna have Miles Morales. Shamik Moore is gonna go voice it again. Though I can't wait. Um there obviously has to be something wrong for Spider-Man 2099, whose name I cannot remember. He has to come back and talk to Miles Morales if, if he's in the future or if he's multiversal hopping. So it's it's got to be a different storyline. I'm looking forward to it because they knocked it out the park with this one. I like the first was on the fence about it and I watched it again. It is a dope film. It is a whole, it is a great film. I have to give it its prop. It is dope. So I do think Spider-Gwen will make um, a return back because if you guys remember, it seemed like he was communicating with her through this multiverse back and forth. And it seems like they got a love interest going on. People love Spider-Ham. Um, Nicolas Cage's Spider-Noir was a hit as well. So I, I think they'll make a comeback. Maybe we'll get more characters as well, more Spider-Man-esque characters. But I don't know. I think, honestly, Spider-Gwen will be the one that stays the, the longest. Everybody else will be like a quick flip through, if you will. It's Miguel O'Hara, by the way. Miguel O'Hara, thank you very much. Well, with the ending that they put in, right? Like, because I literally just recently watched it. Yeah, yeah. Um, the pointing. They all the pointing. They, they insinuated with the storytelling that there was a problem Miguel was aware of and is having to go back you know, back in time or right. back to these other universes to fix this problem. That's right. pretty much the setup at the end credits, <laughs> Peter Porker. <laughs> Yellow so, arrow, thank you. Um, so I think it's going to be a situation where um, Miguel is going to end up coming back to, to meet Miles, like you had said. Um, that would be kind of the smart way to do it because then we get to go back to Miles's world and that's what we know. Right. Um, it's it's a very bad move that Marvel will never make um, to completely remove us from a world that we fell in love with. Um, that's just suicide and they won't do that because they're too smart for that writing-wise. Um, well, what they might do is have Miguel come back, grab Miles, and then we move forward and they yeah. bounce around. Um, but we're still, you know, we are still going to be going back to Miles's New York, even if it's just to pick him up, to bring him along, Eminem, um, even if it's just to bring him along. And then, you know, um, we'll get to tag along to maybe all of the other, you know, other Spider-Verses like Peter Porker's and, you know, uh, the Nick Cage, you know, Spider-Noir um, and, and bring us to their worlds. Does that make sense? Storytelling-wise, that would be smart. Right, because we could see the wrestler who is known as Spider-Man. We could finally see the other version of the six-armed Spider-Man that is currently, like, you know, he that's a normal look for him. Yeah. Or we have, like, uh, what is it? Uh, Doc Ock Spider-Man, which, which is part of another Spider-Verse. Right, so right. there's other, other... I mean, look, we can go on and on and on, and most of you guys will list will be kind enough to list us every single Spider-Man that exists in the Spider-Verse or lot. just, <laughs> there is a lot, um, <laughs> but only your favorite and only actually look, if they put in Ben, Ben Riley, that would be pretty cool as well too. We finally get the, the Ben Spider-Man as well too, or Peter. Oh, yeah. yeah. So there's tons and tons of stuns. Uh, they did. Well, Madam Web, if you remember, Madam Web was Aunt May and hopefully this time we yeah. actually, you get an actual Madam Web. Web. Right. Right. So it's well, kind of hard. One of the films coming out? 
Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see. Actually, for the live action, it's going to be Doctor Strange who's going to be playing the version of Madam Web. Oh. And then in the Spider-Verse, hopefully they finally do have a Madam Web. Because right. they have to put everything together, it was it was Aunt May who was piecing everyone together right. and explained because this was during the death of Spider-Man. Right. Which was yeah. a good it was a good continuity. I like okay. I like Aunt May as being a a quick uh, uh, um, as a quick Madam Web. Yeah. I like Doc Ock in, into the Spider Verse. Liz, <laughs> like, come on, like, who didn't like her? <laughs> right. I'd expect I her. her in that. that was I, awesome. I totally forgot. I'm like, wait a minute, are they? Wait, no, because sometimes they don't. Because you you go to other characters and they mention a character, but they don't become that persona. Right. No, so I, that really, kinda... I really liked her, you know, for Doc Ock. I thought she was way more sinister than, you know, in that than she was in the Tobey Maguire one. He was a <laughs> he was a clown with arms. Speaking of the clown oh. with arms and everything, as, as, as Sammy says, the clown with arms, we're going to go to Mayhem's other subject. And this is still continuing on the theory of Spider-Man. Yes. Is the yeah. current Spider-Man movie arc having to superior Spider-Man movie arc? Uh, time will tell as as Spider-Man is just listing. Look, there is about 14,605,000 possible scenarios of where Spider-Man 3 may be going, which includes Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, uh, <laughs> Sammy's favorite, Ock, Doc Ock, uh, and the list goes on <laughs> on. Uh, which we all know goes into a version of Spider-Verse into the, the uh, si- uh, Sinister Six. Or well, what happens at the end, whether we get Craven or not, will it comes to the super superior Spider-Man who goes into survival mode, will we finally see that towards the end? Uh, Sammy, let's start with you. With uh, what you've read so far with everything with Spider-Man 3 happening to... Do you see this version of Spider-Man happening, or eventually we'll finally get Spider-Man and Friends? No. <laughs> sorry, sorry. You know, as much as I think, um, as I, I being a comic book fan as well, uh, would love to see this actually happening. Um, I really don't foresee it happening. Um, it. And the reason is, is because uh, comic book wise, it holds a lot of weight because we know Doc Ock. We grew up with Doc Ock. He is one of the big baddies, uh, uh, you know, and most well known. And the reason that story comic book wise works so well is because we have decades of reading about him and the tales of Spider-Man and whatnot. Um, in terms of film, um, it, you know, we don't have that, that emotional attachment, um, good or bad with these characters because we see them for three films and they're gone, or we see them for a film and they're gone. So I really don't, I don't see that happening because people, Doc Ock was a flash in the pan. You know, he was, that was it. We don't, as viewers, we don't have that emotional attachment to carry a story like that. Um, as cool as the story was in the comics, I really don't see it happening film-wise because the, the viewership isn't going to be there. We're not going to understand, or we as comic book readers would understand, but the general person going to see Spider-Man, because that's all they know in, in terms of the films, is not going to get the weight of the switch. Um, and the character development that this super bad villain is now getting influenced 
by, you know, uh, Spider-Man's coat of honor and now starting to turn into a hero. That sort of character development, you have to have those decades of evil that we have read over the years in order for that to be a successful character uh, development story, which is mostly what that is. And we just don't have that in the film. So I really don't see them doing it. I think it would be a very wise, unwise choice. All right. Go ahead, man. We talked about this last week. I would love to see Superior Spider-Man and and a live action film. Um, Even if they brought it in animated verse, that'd be awesome as well. For those that don't know, uh, Superior Spider-Man is really Doc Ock in Peter Parker's body, okay? And then he becomes a way better Spider-Man to a point where he's making, like, um, his spider toys or whatever, and they're going around scouting the city, and they're deciding what what crimes he should be responding to that are beyond the police or firefighters' control. So, But then at the same time, if it's like a fire, he's making sure the fire department's on it already. He becomes a way better Spider-Man. Uh, he becomes a way better Peter Parker. Uh, he helps him become head of a corporation. Like, it would be dope. Now, let's talk about where the placement would go, okay? If it came down to it, I could see it happening in Spider-Man 3 at the end, or maybe 4, if they, obviously they're coming out with a fourth one. But here's what I think they should do. See, we haven't, we haven't been introduced to uh, Doc Ock in Tom's universe. So we don't know if it's going to be a man or a woman. If it's a man, then let, let Olivia take over. Or even in Miles Morales' universe, let Olivia come back. You know what I'm saying? That would be dope because Olivia killed it, you know? Um, I see it happening. I see it working really great. I think it's a one-shot movie, though, because everybody loves Spider-Man. Nope. We we love Dr. Otto Octavius, I guess. Um, We don't see it really saying that long. Uh, But I think it would reinvigorate the character if we got a woman to portray her this time, for sure. For sure. So, for my say, Superior Spider-Man, Spider-Man number four. But it depends on what they do with Spider-Man three. Right. This, this, this all. We're just speculating because this probably won't be happening. Uh, I don't see it to be even for the even for the animated version. That sounds like a great animation version when it comes to that. But then we also haven't seen, we haven't seen what the three Spider-Mans are going to look like. Ma- meanwhile, we're going with the speculation of. So much speculation. As we discussed time and again, <laughs> we're not going to see the three Spider-Mans towards the end of the movie. And then as Mayhem and I have discussed many times, the fourth movie, the fourth Spider-Man movie is going to give us the three Spider-Mans and maybe some additional characters and villains to have this generic fight. This can go on for seven. This looks like a good seven part movie that, uh, or be into the seven movies of the current Tom Holland Spider-Man mm-hmm. and on and on and on. Uh, could the Superior Spider-Man arc work? Yes. After the three Spider-Men defeat all their villains. Later, when they introduce a Doc Ock for Tom Holland's universe, who steps up? Is there a Doc Ock in the current universe? Does Doc Ock meet his counterpart? There's so many scenarios. Like, you know... Because we'll see. Um, oh my God! I was gonna say Static Shock, um, <laughs> but you know who I'm talking about Jamie Foxx's character. Will he Electro. see his other counterparts? Electro <laughs> see his other counterparts. We'll have we have Vulture, so we all know Vulture's there. We still haven't we still haven't heard if Morbius or Venom is involved. That you know, does Morbius help Spider Man? Is Morbius just sticking out in the background? 
does Blade come in? Well, that's another joke. Yeah. <laughs> you I know, does them using superior the, the idea of superior Spider-Man, where you know, um, someone takes over as Spider-Man, you know, like like how it happens in the comic, but I I don't foresee it being utilized in the same way. Um, so I, th I, I see it as being sort of like an invasion of the body snatchers kind of situation, um, where you get evil, evil Peter, you know? Yeah. Um, but again, it's, it's too far removed from what Disney and Marvel have been steering towards and they don't do one shot films as much well, as you want to love and have a one shot film, you know, mayhem, they don't do one shot flicks. Every film oh. is tied into every other film. So they're not, and they're not going to take a risk on, I can see them, like I said, taking a piece of that story um, and utilizing it as like a temporary thing, but it's not going to be a permanent, you know, sort of thing. Um, but I agree if they do make it, it'll probably be an animated. Yeah, but we'll probably have to see if they do even a CGI version of a Stan Lee, but most likely it'll be like Iron Man, just a painting on the wall to say, we miss you, bro. Kind of like that. It depends like, on his estate too. If his estate wants if, uh, Stanley's image to be used in, in the future movies, and who's going to pay for his appearance too? That's yeah, they were doing it as a nod to you know one of the creators, not you know to pay homage. So. As as much like as much as everyone wants to see Deadpool in a Spider-Man movie, or will Deadpool show up in this movie? Will Deadpool be the Stanley cameo? We've all been writing for we'll say that's and we'll you get three three companies together that's right or could Even or could he owns, he owns fox that's still a lot of legal crap they have to go through for that one cameo mm. and i don't and, and disney's closing you know uh stopping pre, stopping construction on rides so i seriously doubt that they're going to be do spending that money for a cameo oh, well they could we all know Ryan Reynolds. He finds a way to get someone to do something for free. And we saw that in Deadpool 2 where we saw Brad Pitt kind of imagine, imagine, magically show up. And, you know, and Brad Pitt did a favor just to cameo in the movie. So, Matt Damon uh, did too and Alan Tudyk. Yes, they did for, oh, uh, for Thor 3, which is pretty cool. Do it yeah. for free, get a little cameo, and your name gets into the credits somehow. Right. So, points to the guys. Oh, Matt Damon and Alan were uh, uncredited. They got paid. Actually. No, they, they're credited. Oh, they're, they're credited. They're, yeah, they're credited. They're credited. Oh, okay. Brad, Brad Pitt's the only one that got the credit after. Only got the credit for the DVD Blu-ray release for the theatrical version. Oh, never got the was, never got the credit because they they didn't want it spoiled. They didn't put because what happens is if you put them on the list and it ends up on IDW for the credits, yep. it'll ruin the spoil for the movie. Sure. His name was mentioned afterwards. So that that cameo was not spoiled, which That's is pretty hilarious. cool. So pretty cool, though. But speaking of spoilers, <laughs> I see. Oh, uh, no, we're gonna... this one. Yes, I all right. We're going to go right into everyone's favorite movie that happened right during the holiday season. And that is Wonder Woman 1980. <laughs> I mean, there is just so much to talk about for this movie. And I'm going to say one thing. I liked it. I liked it. But there's that big but about the movie. And out of 10, I'm going to give this movie about a 7.5. 
Because, yeah, I'm giving it a high mark compared to some other movies. The movie was good. It wasn't great. There was a lot of flaws. There was a lot of missed CGI pieces. There was a lot of stuff that didn't make sense. While you're giving it a six, you know what? Go ahead, Mayhem. Run run, run it by me while you gave this movie a six. We're okay. going to go with the first line. We're going to go with the first line. Let's talk about, let's talk about the good so okay. far in the movie. Let's talk about the good. What did you I like so want, far in the movie? I just want to say that this movie to me sounded like and looked like an answer to marvel's captain marvel you know mm -hmm. disney's captain cat that whatever you want to call it and there was no need for this there was no need for an answer you won with wonder woman wonder woman beat captain marvel honestly it was better right. but it was good because if i were to give it a seven it's because it stayed on track it was an 80s movie through and through 100 um clear message you understand what the message is about be yourself you know, be careful what you wish for, you know, yeah. be grateful about the people in your lives, learn to let go, all this good stuff. They had some good homages, like when she, the invisible jet, huh? Linda Carter at the end, huh? Yeah. The, even the running scenes and whatnot, like the old style Wonder Woman, definitely great things. However, it's not the movie we needed. It's no. not the movie we needed. It's a movie that was okay to release, it right. wasn't the movie. I really think they're wasting Gal Gadot's potential. Mm -hmm. I think Gal Gadot could do a way better job acting as super, I about to say superwoman, uh, <laughs> Wonder Woman. I mean, let's think about it. To an extent, Wonder Woman is superwoman to an extent. Yeah. To an extent. I, I, I But, you know, whatever. But is a, is a female version of Superman, which basically that's what it is. It was right. instead of in, instead of having a Superman or at the time Supergirl, how do we make her have her own standalone character? Yeah, Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman, and then we had Superwoman and Supergirl came later. Um, Linda Carter's exposure at the end thus leads me with questions. Now, what happens on the third movie? Are they going to come together? Is that a th you know what I'm saying? Is like what's going to happen later on? I'm a little excited about that. Aside from that. That's about as good as I can get. Oh, no. Pablo's performance. Right. The Mandalorian. Narcos. This movie. This man can act with whatever. His price just went up. I should be wearing the shirt, but whenever you call his phone, it just says, cut the check. This man has got it. He also nailed it. Yeah. I like Cheetah's character in the beginning when she was socially awkward and she kind of became that power. Aside from that, it failed. It failed me, and they did a they did an okay job with Max Lord, honestly. But go ahead, yes, right. you're right, Les. I, we didn't come out with a bang, and it was just like we, you know what? It, but I it wasn't. It was. It was. It wasn't a hundred percent bang. I like look. Let, let, let's talk about some of the flaws and everything. Let's talk about what was bad about it. What I've noticed the first the first scene and everything was how. Did they let the cell the little kids still have the cell phone? And they have three cutscenes with the little kid in the first scene have a cell phone in her pocket. How everyone missed this, I have no idea. How any fan normally they jump on the bandwagon when we yeah. saw the guy standing behind the Mandalorian, we see that cutscene. That little kid clearly had a Android Samsung phone in its pocket, wow. and we had three quick cutscenes with the little kid's cell phone right there. Number one, number two, the second little kid in the movie. That never would happen in real life. Second of all, and I'm going to say this right off the bat, that family would have ran out the door in a quickness, especially when the age. Um, I was not a big fan, though. Um, I was okay. I love Kristen Wiig's character. I thought she was great. 
she has to stop being bridesmaids. It kills her. Mm. Cry having to redo having to redo the funny, awkward characteristic type of girl. She needs to stop doing it and be a stronger woman. I loved her as Cheetah. The more her confidence grew, I loved the Cheetah character. I wasn't a big fan of the suit or whatever CGI was. Yeah. I, I wasn't I wasn't 100% for it, but remember I do a show called This Week in Toy Culture and when we saw the toys that came out, thank God they went back and they repay they cut and pasted and fixed everything that was bad about the suits. Now, yeah. The bad part about it is Wonder Woman apparently in this one knows how to fly or has learned to fly. But not only does she learn how to fly, she now has these Spider-Man abilities out of nowhere. And when she's leaving DC, now meanwhile, she tell and oh by the way, Chris Pine by far is a much better actor than Gal Gadot in this movie. To him, stay surprised in almost every single scene, yes. as if he's seeing everything for the first time. Yes, it is a very difficult thing to do over and over he again. Did very well, very well. Like he's re in a mo in in a, in one or in several days, he is reliving life. And I'll take this from Kevin Smith, which I noticed it as well, too. When he takes the invisible jet and he soars through the fireworks, because normally his his idea is he's an, he's around war. This is the first time he's around explosions. And now he sees different colors. He's seeing rainbow colors of the world. And he's surprised. He's always in surprise and awe. Um, I love the little love story. But then there's the the innuendo with the with the love story. Well, you as as you also said too. Yes, for every wish is a consequence. We have right. to live through those consequences. There is the good and the bad. And then yet, when she flies from DC to the island, she all of a sudden now has the suit out of nowhere. Yes, and apparently this. No, she, she went. She got it back. Here's what happened. After oh, no, no, she no. She's. Go ahead. Yeah, no, because. Because what I saw was she's flying into the air because she's going to do her job. She's going towards the island, swinging away. It's not like she went back to DC to go get the suit. We're sitting in the corner of a room. They made a mistake. I know exactly. First of all, first of all, first of all, it's the biggest mistake they made. Yes, to learn how to fly or just like tell us a controlled cassette because she was swinging right. She was right. She released. She released Steve. She's gone with him. She swung like Spider Man up into the clouds. Right. She's. Actually, she swung from the building to the plane. From the plane, she started control descent. Then she swung on a cloud. I don't know how. And I guess right. all that time she was control descending. It seemed like she was going in the in the way of the island. And then the lightning started happening, and she swung off the lightning, which to me doesn't make any sense. The last so true, whatever. But supposedly she went back for the armor and then went back because then she knew where they were. And it was just like it doesn't make any sense. And then if she knew no, how to she fly, did. She did in true Superman form. She yes. listened with her ears. That was going back to Superman, where he can listen to the whole yeah, entire world. What? Yes. I missed that. How is no. that? In the night, in the sky, as Max is making everyone make a wish, she can now hear everyone making their wish in the air. But how did she, she pinpoint where he was at? Oh man, this movie. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> if sorry. you miss that, she now pinpoints exactly where he is. That's why her jumping into the suit, her gold like suit, right. which all of a sudden Cheetah is strong enough to break the wings. Okay, yeah. so then she wanted to be the apex predator. You know, she what she she said she was tired of being like everybody else. 
she wanted to be an apex predator, right? Here's my problem with that. Cheetahs aren't apex predators. They're not. If anything, a tiger would be. Cheetahs get their meals taken by hyenas, by lions, sometimes even scavengers. So they mess up that part. But okay, I even checked the credits. They said Cheetah. But if she's not like Wonder Woman, how can she be the apex predator and Cheetah be strong enough to break the armor? You yes. understand? So that there's something wrong. And we don't know she renounced her wish. They left that open-ended. But like that was well, wrong. Well, here, well, here's the thing. Cheetah okay. actually makes two wishes. Right. And that's the only time she makes a wish when she has the regular stone in hand. And then Max grants her a wish in the movie. So she denounces her second wish that Max granted her. So at the end, we don't really know if that actually happens, if the first wish is ever denounced. Is that the Jets be safe? Just found out my death. Oh, I'm so uh, sorry. Kevin, sorry to hear, man. Man. Hey guys. Be safe, Kevin. Be safe. Yeah, be safe. Um, wow. But um it, to be honest actually there were a lot of good and bads just admitted i wasn't i was not disappointed in the movie i was not 100 percent disappointed in the movie i was disappointed in certain scenes that could have been better there was yeah. a lot of scenes that were unnecessary i saw a lot of scenes that were actually from the 90s put in that they shouldn't have been um uh so like especially in the museum of uh especially the the smithsonian where the astronaut suit is around in the 80s they didn't have the astronaut suit till later in 1986 where i forget the young woman's name the teacher um where they had the horrible accident in space they later started having a suit at the smithsonian so there were a few 90s pieces put into the movie that no one really caught eye in can i say one thing Here's what we needed from Wonder Woman. I I personally believe they made Wonder Woman way too strong, and they they should have definitely developed her as they went along. Now, granted, maybe Wonder Woman doesn't have enough story material to make, let's say, four great movies, maybe two to three, but they weren't pulling from those materials. Because if you if, if like I'm a fan of Wonder Woman because I I really was more involved in Wonder Woman in Justice League. You guys remember that animated show Justice League, Justice League of America, where she constantly proved she was just as strong as Superman, right? She was a woman, but not to be trifled with or looked down upon. And in her stories, if you watch Injustice, they say she's the best fighter, like she's the most dangerous, credible threat aside from Martian Manhunter and whatnot. You know, so like here it is. They had all these great sources they could have pulled from from 1984, and they could have like infused that with, and they just made her like a wire act, like a circus trapeze artist, and it was just bad. And I don't understand why because. Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman could be so much more. She could be so much more. Cheetah, honestly, I was, I was, when I heard Cheetah and Maxwell Lord right before I saw it was going to be in the film, I was like, okay, this is going to be dope because Maxwell Lord isn't just a one dimensional uh, character, which he wasn't, but he didn't live up to it because of the writing. And it's just like, they, we needed something so much more. And they're saying Wonder Woman 3. Mm. I, I'm for one of the three, but I'm kind of worried now because if they go through the whole love story with Chris Pine, this streams this screams now notebook 100. percent Oh my god! And, and Twilight at the same time. Look, I I love Jenkins to death. I think she's going to do great in in the Squatchers movie for Star Wars. But then I also don't see. Remember, we're probably going to get this next Wonder Woman movie four or five years from now. We're going to see how the Snyder Cut is going to be how how the Snyder Cut's going to 
I guess, rebrand Wonder Woman in a way. And the third story will hopefully set for the next storylines because Gal Gadot is 100% invested in Wonder Woman. She is producer. Right. She will be Wonder Woman until she takes down that mantle. And I'm for it. I just hope the Reachers don't ruin what's going on. And you're right. There are other storylines, especially from the comics to the cartoon series, that they can easily piece together. And we've seen the disaster of Justice League when you don't do a right storyline. Where Henry Cavill came back and he had a mustache on. Put a beard on him. Make him come out of the cave as if out of the tomb, as if he grew a beard. Save the movie. Because we would have been okay if Superman had a beard and long hair. Right. 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 It's would have saved the movie. It's, the it's in- crazy yeah. because whenever the gods are in play with DC Comics, especially with Wonder Woman, there's always a name for the god and what they do. Does anybody remember the name of the god that created the trinket, the stone? They never said it. That's unlike DC. They said it once. They said it I once towards the end. Twice. I don't remember it as well, twice. too. Oh, God. I wonder why I saw it twice. I did not see it. Somebody, let me know the name of that god that was uh, the empowering that made the yeah, that made the this uh, the wish stone. It was a god, and and Gal Gadot or Wonder Woman mentions it once, but she freaks out and she had to read it in the Aztec books, which goes back to many centuries. Right. Um, all right. So, if Wonder Woman for the next Wonder Woman movie, who do you see will be her next villain or villains? Because don't forget, how does the Carter now fit in? Um, my opinion is. If you're going to go straight to the Snyder cuts into Justice League, the only the only villains I can see now fighting Wonder Woman would be Darkseid Force, and especially when he has his women on his side. That's the only three I can think of, but then what storyline are we going with? Are we now going for 90s Wonder Woman? Right? I, 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 I'm confused with I'm confused of what her next villain is going to be, or will it be a a male super? I don't know. I don't think so. I think the next villain will be um Cersei, who's like who's like you know the sorceress who all Amazonians hate or whatever, and they'll make it tie back into the home world. I think she'll go get somebody with magic, and if they're smart, excuse me, maybe they'll introduce John Constantine to help her with magic. That would be dope. You know, saying to fight magic and the gods, you know, or no. yeah, or they can put in a uh, uh, Zatanna. If Zatanna. you're going to keep a woman irritated, put it put in that Zatanna. Yeah, see, so then you could have Constantine and Zatanna kind of come in and introduce. That would be smart. I think that's the next logical, honestly, villain because otherwise it's got to be somebody who's just as strong as her. Yeah, and it's after the '90s, so it's like who else was here? Right. You know, it's, it's it's weird. The universe right now is in disarray. They need a crisis event. They need to reset everything. But I'm going with Cersei, definitely. Well, we we saw the Wonder. We also saw in the Wonder Woman uh, movie that um uh that one woman says that a previous warrior was with them. They left and everything. Yeah. Will the other hero of man get mentioned? And that is Christopher Reeves. Will Linda Carter, if they ever do the third movie, would Linda Carter mention? the death of the first Superman or sort of superhero. You really think that could be happening? I don't think so. I don't think so. Okay, well, if they do bring Linda Carter in, I want a really great and stellar script for Linda Carter because I believe she deserves that much. Um, You know, she obviously has a lot much. 
yeah, she has to train for this, you know, whatnot. I think it's possible. What I don't want is to be like a lackluster thing. Um, then once again, it comes legal issues of, as far as referring to Christopher Reeve, Superman, and whatnot. And the problem is, if they get the same people to do this, did anybody else feel like when she was learning how to fly, it was like watching Christopher Reeves learn how to fly again or fly through the air? Like the whole, you know, it's just like it, you're going to muddy everything else. I, I I think they should probably leave Superman out of it, especially since this is a woman-featured focused film. Right. You understand? You don't need Superman to save the day. You have Wonder Woman. She's, you know what I'm saying? Right. Because you, you, yeah, you don't need Constantine to be put into the loop. You can put in Zatanna and other female leads. Like you have right. Huntress. You have another, you have two versions of Huntress. You have so many other women characters. And even, jokingly enough, even Harley Quinn can actually fit into somewhere down the line as well, too. Because at one point, Wonder Woman does fight a Harley Quinn just for fun. Licks her like she's nothing. You also can throw in some poison ivy as well, too. Even though it's part of Batman lore, she does go through it as well, too, because Wonder Woman runs out of villains and she goes through Batman's villains. <laughs> because they all they all have some sort of power. Well, technically, Wonder Woman's major villain is humanity. <laughs> it's it's man, really, but okay. It's man. <laughs> her, her war against man, and then we'll throw in some Green Lanterns as well, too. Oh my god. Um, not yet. What? Not yet. Not yet. Tour. Uh, all right. So, how will this lead into the Batman vs Superman movie then? Like, how are you? Gonna, if the third movie gets put in, how how are you gonna put the third movie into the lead? Because they sure as heck didn't lead this into Batman vs Superman. So, meaning that there is gonna be a '90s sort of 2000s version of Wonder Woman again if if the third movie makes comes out. It because then you can't justify Bruce's uh, obsession with Superman, the alien, when there were other villains that he could have been obsessed with, and he wasn't as obsessed with Superman as he should have been with Diana at that point, with Wonder Woman, you know? Um, I want to find the original work. picture, which is missing Wolverine in the picture. But that's a different story. <laughs> I hate you. I hate you. No, listen, they just need to re <laughs> They need to crisis everything and start everything over. It doesn't make sense. I personally think, to this day, Batman vs. Superman is a trash movie. Man, Man of Steel was great. Man of right. Steel was great. Batman vs. Batman versus Superman made no sense. And then Justice right. League was just like, eh, here. So we're now just, we have... Because, because Marvel has Avengers, we have to play catch-up, and we're going to throw this mess all together. That's basically, what, that, that's basically what it is. We watched a hot dog mess happen in less than, what, five years? Yeah. Yeah, wow. Look, I, look, they need to do everything over. Keep the Batman fight scenes, work on a better Bruce Wayne, and I think it makes sense. I Listen, if that's the case, if they do find a way, is it all going to make sense when Flashpoint comes around? Probably not. <laughs> Probably I mean, not. look, we're already going to Michael Keaton and Ben Affleck and Jeffrey Dean Morgan put on the cowl one last time. Could we see more? Who knows? And yeah. You know, only time only time will tell if any of these movies is ever going to be good, or does DC just keep it in their Legends? I don't know. What was, what was the side character? Legends category and stuff? We're not talking about it. We're not talking about it. It's okay. We're not talking about the Legends <laughs> character? <laughs> uh, anywho, uh, I was going to say this, man. What's going to be next for the next Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman movie? Will we, as we discussed many times, or how about this? Other thoughts on the current Wonder Woman story arc that you would like to see into the third movie? I'm going to keep saying this, and I really hope somebody hears me out on this one. Crisis everything and restart everything. Build Wonder Woman up. And you know what? To be fair, 
I think you should build Wonder Woman up from the first film, but instead of making her as powerful as a god because she beat Ares, maybe start off smaller, you understand? So that way she has more villains and, and there could be more growth. I have no problem with Gal Gadot uh, working as Wonder Woman, taking over the reins. I want to see a little bit more acting. I want to see more story. I want to see more lace, better script, because otherwise she has- say better lace? Better layers, better layers. Oh, better layers. I thought right. if you said lace, I'm like, wait, no, what? Not lace, better layers. Not lace. No, not at all. No, because after a while, what you don't want to think of Wonder Woman is a female Superman. That's not what we want. No. We want an all-powerful woman who represents the power of women who can see themselves in her in different ways. Stop stealing from Spider-Man because they definitely said they wanted that Spider-Man feel in the interviews. Stop doing that. You know, and really work on a cohesive story and show how just how powerful she is to other other superheroes. Go from there. I would love to see that. Chris Pine, I think, needs to be retired. Don't come back anymore. Thank you for your service. That's it. Um, you, it's okay. So, so you think that if Chris Pine comes for one third time, that'll be no, the end. They just might. They just might. They bury the series. series. They'll diminish the series because now it's like you can't have Wonder Woman without Chris Pine. You right. see, like we don't need him. We don't need him. Bring in other characters just to show how deep the DC landscape is. Maybe a little bit more history about the Amazonians and just about what they went to. Throw in Linda Carter for the next one per se. Maybe she could start off the intro and then it'd be. Gal Gadot from there on. Like, it, it could be so much. It's just the writing has to be immaculate because you are, let me change my words, you are messing up an Wonder iconic Woman. superhero. Right. And it, there's uh, no reason to. Just the latest to answer this, if you're one of the latest, guys, don't answer this as well, too, because we all know what your answer is going to be. Um, if Chris Pine comes back for the third movie, will this look like a Twilight slash Notebook saga? And will you ladies watch it if it turns to that? That's all we need to know. We'll focus on Leslie. More of the 1980s Wonder Woman uh, that we feel in love. We need to have an emotional attachment to this character like we did with Linda Carter. Agreed. I mean, Agreed. look, they have Linda Carter in this movie because, as, as I said before, could there also be a mini attachment to the Christopher Reeves character? Because when she says she is of the woman era... Will will they mention maybe a Christopher Reeves in the background because they did have that feel? I mean, I'm for it if they mention Christopher Reeves just for a hot minute. As far as legality is concerned, look, DC has all the way into it. They can throw it. God, I thought of it. Wonder Woman three, right? The movie I would be psyched to see. Cersei is the main villain, and what they do is right. What Cersei does is she finds and tracks down Linda Carter and makes Linda evil. So now Gal Gadot and Linda Carter have to fight. And then they come together and they fight Cersei. I think however that movie's done, if it's done right, it'd be great. I think that would right. be worthy of three. We got one person to say, I'll watch it with the relationship with Steve was part of the storyline. Okay. All right. So one for the Okay. I guess we'll take it. I mean, look, they already, they already announced the second this movie was already hitting... For Christmas, they already announced that part three is eventually going to happen, but Jenkins has some uh, Disney Marvel, uh, the Disney slash um, uh, Star Wars attachments that she needs to finish first, and then hopefully they have a really good script to talk on it. Um, look, I, and I know Sammy hasn't like watched the movie as well too. Let's ask Sammy's opinion on this thing as well too, Sammy. Um, We'll, we'll just go with the we'll, we'll go with we'll go with the first we'll go with the first 
um, movie only because it's a love story. Would you see a continuation of a love story with Wonder Woman and her male counterpart? So I've read quite a lot about the film. Uh, I just haven't Excellent. watched it. But, um, uh, you know, it needs to be in the past. That's the whole aspect of Wonder Woman that was touched on in the animated series, but was not touched on in any of these films, except uh, briefly for um, in Batman versus Superman, is Wonder Woman's immortal. She's a goddess. And her whole thing was falling in love with a human and learning that men were not as mean and awful. And the reason that love was so powerful was because it ended. Um, so I think the fact that they brought him back was not, did not help her character. Uh, it was just to put Chris Pine's name on the, on the marquee. Um, mm. I, I think it does uh, continuously bringing back that character does a disservice to the character and to Wonder Woman and this message that they're trying to send with her. Um, so I would read Wonder Woman with a love story because she's had many lovers. She was with Batman. She was rumored to have been with Superman. Um, you know, there were other other male counterparts that she fell in love with. Um, fell in love with Green Lantern at one point as yep, well, too. Yep. So, like, cool. Chris Pine, Steve was the character that made her realize, you know, that he was, um, you know, uh, the reason men were, you know, not, he was, you know, example that not, not all men are trash. Um, and as Leslie said, it, it very much was never consummated and it was unrequited. Um, so I wouldn't, I would be fine as that being an aspect of her character as it is with anyone, but to make it turn into like Wonder Woman in the notebook, that is now something completely different. And it is the complete antithesis uh, of what they're trying to get across with their feminine, their, their, I'm not going to say feminist message, their um, uh, women empowerment message that yes. Wonder Woman's a badass. She doesn't need anybody to help her. She's more powerful than pretty much anyone in the DC universe except other gods, which right. is comic book lore. She's more powerful than Superman. Um and but yet she needs this man to to help her and tag along. Um, it, it defeats the purpose of the message that they're trying to. Pregnant woman, but she still, but she still wants love. That's and, and that's fine. Um, but it's very difficult for Hollywood to create that balance um, with women with their strong female characters. You know, um, so I personally, um, I haven't watched. Like I said, I haven't watched it yet. I will watch it. But, you know, I really think that they need to axe Steve after this flick and just have a story based solely on Wonder Woman moving forward into whatever, you know, time frame it's going to be. See, one of the things I did like about this movie, besides that, you know, it brought a nice feeling once you watched it, even though it was bad. But it was still a nice movie to kind of like, OK, 2020 is over. This is a nice movie to watch, blah, 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 is that Wonder Woman was kind of relatable. Right. You know, the love story was relatable. Her feelings to helping other women and, you know, being heartbroken to an extent was relatable to other people. Sure. And you, and when you watch that movie, I don't want to spoil anything for you. I know you said you've read a lot. Sure, I, I, I know all about it. It's all good. <laughs> okay. so, so you'll see that, especially, yeah. you know. Well, um, also, here's the thing. And this yeah. is, 
this is me pointing out a very typical man uh, response, which you just had, is women can be relatable without having love. Yeah. You don't need a love story to be relatable to a woman. Yes, agreed. So, so the thing is, is they're, you know, saying that they made her relatable with romance yeah. is the only way Hollywood sees women as relatable. I got you. I see what you okay? said. Yeah. So okay. she's she's not relatable if she doesn't have a love interest or she's falling in love with a man. And that's the way Hollywood, so Hollywood. that's the way Hollywood has has brainwashed, uh, you know, brainwashed us into it. So I'm not saying your answer isn't bad. It's, it's yeah, no. you can be relatable. But the thing is, is that she should be relatable outside of her romance. Oh, love story. Like she shouldn't that's have right. a love story. Right. She should have a a, a strong, independent woman storyline, which doesn't need a love story to get her interest. She's very interesting enough without the love story. Right. She, right. you know, we've read the comics. You know, there are times in the comic. We go through four or five issues. There's no love story in it. She's I mean, she's trying many, to and think of how many films of of dramas of men, you know, where that guy was a super related relatable character. You know, mm -hmm. was he falling in love with a girl? Was he doing this? You know, so you can the they, the problem is is that women are being seen through one way, and Wonder Woman is trying to. And that's the object of uh, a sex object. And, and women are trying, you know, Hollywood is trying to go the other direction, but still keep their foot in this camp. And, and you can't, you can't do that. If you're going to break the mold, you got to smash it and then make a new mold. Um, you know, in, I don't know, it, like she said, the best part of the film was the love story. So it might've been, um, but um mm -hmm. You know, that's that's the problem that a lot of these m modern films have. They have this sort of bipolar way, like women are amazing, but you still need a man. You know what I mean? Um, uh, and that's yeah. not necessarily the, the case. Well, you can go with the other group and say she could have had the female partner. Sure. And that would also, you know, that would have been the same exact thing. You're throwing yeah. in another love story. You know, to make her relatable, she shouldn't have, she shouldn't need romance at all. If you need to, it's bad writing. If the only way your character is relatable is through a romantic encounter to make you identify with them. That is bad writing. It's cheap writing. And that's coming from a complete storytelling standpoint, no matter what the film is. It's like, Making it's just to elicit an emotional reaction in terms of this character. It serves no purpose. It's open right, overall story. That's cheap writing. Just like George, just like George R. R. Martin, when he builds up this character and then murders them for no reason, it's a cheap trick to elicit an emotional reaction from you so that you feel you're getting something from the story, even though you're really not. It's a cheap trick. And that's what it sounds like is what they did in Wonder Woman with Steve and Diana. Right. They play with every single emotion, whether you lose, especially during this time, whether you lose someone or not, you make one more wish to see them one more time. Right. Remember, for every wish, there's a consequence. And they, right. play with, and they play with that emotion so hard. And especially for them to wait, I'm not going to lie. They wait to Christmas to do this. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then well, you, know, you make a wish for a gift, you know. <laughs> I want to make a wish that Santa Claus is real, and he's actually just flying around with seven with seven reindeers <laughs> flying through the sky. Where's that wish? That'll make that'll make it more that'll make it more real. Eight reindeer, not seven. Eight. Seven? Who leads? Eight. Doesn't those? 
Doesn't doesn't Rudolph oh, like? Reindeer. Well, yeah, Rudolph would be nine. All right, I don't know. I don't know the names of the of all the reindeers <laughs> and stuff. Anyway, we've that's just about enough for today when it comes to everything in pop culture and everything else. I'm going to give you guys uh, two quick things. One is a quick quote, especially if you've watched. Um, just to say goodbye and everything. You know what? I'm going to end the quote with a goodbye. Anyway, that's Michael. Uh, that's Michael Mayhem. You can catch him on his podcast with Last Stop on the L. Check out his podcast. Right below me is the amazing, the talented Sammy Castillo. You can catch her every Wednesday, especially not the last two Wednesdays, but you can catch her this Wednesday, which her uh, live show on Wednesdays. Go and check her out at Castillo Studios and check out her website, castillostudios.ninja. Hopefully you changed your website and fixed it. Hopefully. Uh, I'm going to end with a quote and everything. Uh, but uh, from Mr. Miyagi, anyone who's watched uh, Cobra Kai 3 or pretty much has not caught up, man who works for passion, always richer than man who works for money. My name is Aras Zandia. Have a great day. Happy New Year. And we'll see you all next week with This Week in Pop Culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah.